You're listening to Inspirational Perspective with Linnell Harris. Inspirational Perspective is all about murdering mediocrity and living the best life possible. Are you living the best life possible? You can subscribe to the Inspirational Perspective blog at www.inspirationalperspective.com. Follow Linnell on social media. Go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Inspirational Perspective. You can also follow Linnell on Twitter and Instagram at the handle Linnell Harris. In this recording, Linnell completes his series on your mind, your strongest strength, your weakest weakness. This series explores the relationship between the mind and the outcomes we actually produce. In this fourth and final part of the series, Linnell discusses being great and how being great starts in the mind. He asks his radio audience, what makes the greats great? And if all of us have a seed of greatness inside of us, why aren't we all great? Let's join the conversation. Your mind, your strongest strength, your weakest weakness series. What I want to do is talk about being great and how it starts in the mind. And the questions I'm asking is what makes the greats great? And if we all have a seed of greatness inside of us, why aren't we all great? That's the topic. So this is what I want to do. And this is why I'm continuing this. We're on part four. I just want to explore the relationship between the mind and the outcomes we produce. And that's what we've been talking about. What is the relationship between the mind and the outcomes that we actually produce? So let's get into the show. Okay. Now, here's the deal. And this is something that I believe down to the very core of my being. We all have a seed of greatness. We're born with it. It's that gift, it's that talent, but every human being that lives and breathes on this planet has a gift or has a talent to provide the rest of the world. This is something I believe firmly. And they're all different, right? So... If you want to be a singer and you don't have a voice, that's just not your gift. But there's something, there's something very unique and great that you have to offer. And the full expression of that gift is what causes us to relate to the people we see as great, great. That's what causes us to relate to them that way. Elgin Baylor, famous basketball player, said this. If you look up the definition of greatness in the dictionary, it will say Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan reached greatness. And you know you're great when somebody else is saying that you're great. I love Cliff Kelly, right? Because Cliff Kelly, when, you know, as he's doing his interviews or he's, he's talking, Cliff is the governor of talk radio here at WVON. But he, he always, you know, when a person is done talking, he'll, he'll always end it with, thank you so much, you're great. <laughs> and he's dead on. He's dead on because everyone he talks to has a seed of greatness, and because of that, they're great. So what we want to talk about is how do we go from having the seed of greatness or the essence of greatness to actually manifesting greatness, reaching Greatness. How do we do that? And we have some examples, right? Michael Jordan reached greatness. Mother Teresa reached greatness. Muhammad Ali reached greatness. Hey, how about this one? Frank Sinatra reached 
greatness. I got something to say about that. And then, and then Malcolm X, who we talked about, we were talking about earlier on Salim's show, reached greatness. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is someone else that we could say reached greatness. Along with many others, right? I could keep going. And we know that there are people, human beings, who've actually basically reached their potential of greatness. And in some cases, like if we think about Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, they didn't reach the full capacity of greatness because their lives were stolen from them. So what sets these people apart from the rest of us? I mean, because after all, they're human just like we are, right? They breathe. They have emotions. They have bad days, good days. They have tough times and good times. You know, they have those that they love and those that they care about. They have successful love affairs and unsuccessful love affairs. I mean, they're people. So what sets them apart? I mean, because after all, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team, right? So he wasn't always that good at basketball. Or what about Mother Teresa? We talked about her. She was an ethnic Albanian, but she did all that wonderful work in India, but originally from Albania. And her name wasn't Teresa. It was Angie's Ganghi Bajahu. And that was Mother Teresa's birth name. And her father died when she was only eight years old. And then what about Muhammad Ali? I mean, here is a guy who has been noted as the best heavyweight boxer pound for pound, not because he was big, but because he was undersized for a heavyweight. And early in his career was often anticipated to lose his boxing bouts very badly. As a matter of fact, the only reason he got a, a bout with Sonny Liston was because he, he irritated the man so. That Sonny said, I'll just knock him out. And uh, the story went another way. Muhammad Ali knocked him out and became the heavyweight champion of the world. And then turned around and said, I told you so. What about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? An African-American preacher from a small congregation in the South. During the height of racial tension and inequality, in the United States. Or what about this Frank Sinatra, right? Who became a famous singer without having an extraordinary voice. I'm sorry. If, if somebody's a, a Frank Sinatra fan, um, you know, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I can't say that he's the best singer I ever heard because uh, he's not. <laughs> you know, he sang some nice ballads, but I mean, but the man became great. My point is this. All of the people we label as great, they were just normal human beings like you and I. Right. And they just decided that they were going to do great things. And I know they decided it because there's always a choice involved. So they decided that they were going to do great things. Now, being great. And doing great things is not easy. Because otherwise, 
we'd see the evidence of greatness in each other in every direction we would turn, right? I mean, we would just see greatness all over the place. Greatness in the cars that passed the studio tonight and greatness all over the studio and greatness next door and greatness in our neighborhoods and greatness downtown. But unfortunately, we don't see that. And the unfortunate truth is that more than likely we won't. So why is that? Why is that? Especially when we all are are endowed with this seed. So it's my belief that we all have the capacity to be great. So I'd like to help you identify some of the things that may actually be suffocating your greatness and limiting your power, if you guys are down for that. Because I've had the opportunity to really think about this and distinguish seven different things. And, and this, is, this is basically how I titled it, because I wrote about it as well. Seven weeds that are strangling your seed of greatness. Seven weeds, because that's what they are, weeds. Seven weeds that are strangling your seed of greatness. The first one is what I call a junk food diet. Now, you might say, Linnell, you know, my diet doesn't have anything to do with my greatness. As a matter of fact, I know some people who were pretty great and didn't necessarily have good diets. All right. Well, I'm not talking about food. So let me be clear. I'm not talking about sugar and sweets. And while consuming that type of food isn't all that good for you, what I'm pointing at is your mental diet. That's what I'm concerned with, your mental diet. And that's what we've been talking about on the air. That's what we've been talking about. That has been overall the topic of the last four shows. Your mind, your strongest strength, your weakest weakness. So, all that being said, when I say junk food diet, what I mean is, what are you mentally consuming? So, what do you watch on television? What kind of music do you listen to? What are your friends and acquaintances whispering in your ear? And consider that all these things will either grow or strangle your seed of greatness. So you want to be great? Then you're going to need a greatness diet. So be thoughtful and critical about what you consume mentally because your personal greatness is on the line. Number two of the seven weeds of greatness is undistinguished fear. Now, this this is a big one. This is a big one. Because some of us don't know it, but we are afraid of what people will think if we shine. Like, we're afraid of it. We get afraid of it. I told you guys, you know, a couple of weeks ago I had a chance to hang out with Hill Harper, and he, he had somebody come up in front and sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> but it's funny because some of us sang that as kids in Sunday school, and now as adults we might want to think about picking it back up because are you letting your light shine or are you afraid of what people will think if you shine? You know, I got to tell you that used to be one of the fears I used to contend with. And now I just don't care. I, you know, Hey, 
I'm going to do me because I've heard it all good and bad at this point. <laughs> I've been labeled all types of things, you know, whispering or people tell me I heard so-and-so said this and so-and-so said that. Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do me. I got to keep moving. And that is where we have to get at some point. You're afraid of what people may say if you chase greatness. Like, who does he think he is? Uh, or who does she think she is? And then on top of that, if they're talking about you, then you're afraid to fail. And all of these are common fears. I mean, these are the fears that we can identify. Like, these are the ones that are in your face. These fears we know. But believe it or not, it's not the fears that we know that can hurt us the most. It's the fears that we haven't quite distinguished yet. And this is especially true for the men that are listening. So if you're if you're a man and you're listening, if you're male, hear me out here. Because we men, we tend to make ourselves believe that we aren't afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anything. I'll do Whatever it takes, don't nothing scare me. And the truth really is that we have just as many fears, if not more, than our female counterparts. I mean, consider that any time you are stopped from being your greatness, it is because you are afraid, period. Fear is one of the biggest factors that slows us down in regards to us bringing our full potential and our greatness, especially undistinguished fear. And I know this because I'm a coach. You know, I, I work with male clients all the time. Majority of my clients are males. I have a, f- a few females, but majority of my clients are males. And the funny thing about it is whenever I bring up, consider that you might be afraid of this. They like, no, 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 no. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. But then as we do more work, we begin to distinguish that, well, actually, that is fear. And you are afraid. And that is why you're addressing this the way you are. Well, that is why you're pausing or freezing in this area. And if you can remember, one of the things I've said, and I say it often, is that fear freezes. And so the easiest way to know that you're afraid of something is if you're stuck. And I'm not saying stuck and you're pushing and you're trying to do things because, you know, people are pushing against you or, or circumstance or situations pushing against you. I'm saying you're stuck and you're saying I don't have enough time. And that's why that's called being stuck. And time is not an excuse because we make time for the things we want to do. I mean, that's how it goes. So the, the next step is to get clear on what the fear is, because otherwise you may stay frozen and mediocrity. And that's just not a good place to be. All right. So that's number two. So number one, a junk food diet, what you mentally consume. Number two is undistinguished fear. And number three is ignorance. Ignorance. So, okay, you lack knowledge to grow your dream. Now what? In a decade or two ago, I would have said to you, You know, well, go to the library and figure out how you can start that business or go to the library and and figure out, you know, how you're going to launch that particular technology. But now there's no excuse because it's the 21st century and all you have to do is get on a search engine 
Google, Yahoo, Bing, Ask Jeeves. I mean, there's so many places you can go in regards to getting information. And so not knowing how or what to do is no longer an excuse because we live in the information age. And so act like it. If you notice that you still won't take action, consider that you're just scared and reconsider the consequences of weed number two, undistinguished fear. Because if it's not fear, then check out what my old school friend B. Franks has to say about it. B. Franks is Benjamin Franklin, y'all. That's what I call him, B. Franks. (laughs) Do y'all know Benjamin Franklin left the city of Philadelphia money when he died? He left him $1,000, man. Back then, that was a lot of money, and it grew to a lot of money. And they couldn't take it out to, I believe, the early 2000s, like 2001. That's crazy. And it grew to a a few million. How about that? B. Franks. That's why I like him. (laughs) Anyway, B. Franks said being ignorant is not so much a shame as being unwilling to learn. Being ignorant is not so much a shame as being unwilling to learn. And so ignorance is number three. And now in the information age, there's just no excuse for it. You can find and look up almost whatever you need. And if you can't find it, someone in your network can help you. All right. So that's number three. Number four is the need for safety. The need for safety. Now, those of you who've been following me for the last two years, you know, I've talked about safety. I'll give you a little flavor of my thoughts on safety. Safety is an illusion. It's not real. It's safety is nothing more than a feeling. I feel safe. Because you can be in the toughest neighborhood in your city and feel safe. And you can be in the confines of your home in the safest suburb of your city and fear for your safety. It's all an illusion. It's all about how you feel. Check this out. September 10th, 2001, most Americans felt pretty safe, didn't they? They felt pretty safe. And we lived in one of the greatest and most stable countries in all of the world. It was the dawn of a new century and the dawn of a new era. And then less than 24 hours later on September 11th, that feeling of safety evaporated into thin air. Safety is an illusion. So your dream is more tangible than safety is, believe it or not. And your dream is more tangible than safety is because the feeling of safety will come and go. But that dream, well, if it's anything like mine, it's not going anywhere. I wake up with mine every day. I go to sleep with mine every day. The dream is there. Safety shifts and changes. And so for more on safety and other illusions, you can check out a blog post I wrote back in 2012 titled, The illusions all around us. And that's on inspirationalperspective.com, the blog. And if you haven't been out there, make sure you you subscribe. But safety is an illusion. And based on the statistics, you're better off parachuting from a plane to get to work every day than to drive. Because driving is far more dangerous. And that's what I mean by the illusion, right? Right. You know, when I say parachuting from a plane, you think like, I'm not going to get out, man, now I'll have a heart attack. But, you know, you're more likely to get into some trouble in a car than you are parachuting 
to the job. Unless you land in the street <laughs> or the expressway. <laughs> you might want to, you know, make sure you get the top of the building. But anyway, safety is an illusion. Check this out. And I talked about this in the blog, the illusions all around us. But in 2008, I was headed to India right after the Mumbai terrorist attacks. And my family and friends, you know, they were like, oh, man, you shouldn't go. It's going to be dangerous. You know, so they tried to discourage me from going because they were concerned for my safety, my safety, (laughs) my safety. Now, check this out. Funny thing is, I live in Chicago (laughs) where the murder rate exceeds that of every major city in all of India. So according to the numbers, I was better off leaving. It's the illusion of safety that makes us say, stay, don't go. Or I'm not going over there or I'm not going to another country. And so I left. Obviously, I was okay because that was in 2008. Hey, but I did see I did see the bullet holes um, in one of the cafes. I, I had the opportunity to eat. Actually, this wasn't in 2008. In 2010, I was back in India. I was in Mumbai and I ate in the cafe and they still had the bullet holes in the glass of where the machine guns from the soldiers and the police and the terrorists, you know, had done some exchanges and it was, you know, they went through the glass. You still had those holes. Crazy stuff, man. It's kind of, you know, surreal eating and kind of right next to the glass, seeing where a bullet had flown, you know, had come come through. But in 2010, it was like, you know, nothing happened, man. People were walking around, vendors trying to sell things. It was all good. So, Safety is an illusion, and one of the things that gets in the way is the need for safety. We're telling us, oh, I need to be safe. I, you know, this dream is not safe. I can't go after that because it's not safe. I'm better off sticking with the job because that's safe. And it's all an illusion. Zig Ziglar has a quote. I'm just going to throw this in. I don't even know if it fits, but I think I should say it. You were designed for accomplishment, engineered for success, and endowed with the seeds of greatness. Zig Ziglar. All right, number five, lack of confidence. Lack of confidence. You know, other than fear, this is probably one of the biggest reasons why most of us don't reach our potential. And some of us think, I've actually had people say this, you know, um, I don't have any gifts, or I don't have any talents, or they feel like their gift is insignificant. And it's not. Nobody would benefit. You know, I've also heard people say nobody would benefit from anything I have to offer. Wrong. That's wrong. To be great, you must have confidence. That means you're going to have to shift your behavior and your thinking. Because confidence is a behavior. And if confidence is behavior, that means that it it can be self-taught like any other behavior. And so if you know you lack confidence, that's a good start. That's a great start because knowing is half the battle. And it's impossible to address a problem if you don't know the problem exists. So now that you know that lack of confidence is an opportunity, you should be finding resources on how to be more confident. This is going to go back to ignorance, right? Like, hey, don't let that be one of the reasons why, you know, your seed of greatness doesn't grow. 
You know, so find the resources. Get online. How do you become more confident? What practices do you need to take on to be more confident? And in your mental diet, remember the diet, right? Your mental diet should consist of things that inspire and motivate you to take steps of faith with more confidence. Because you cannot learn a new behavior if you don't practice behaving that way. So you have to practice behaving confidently. And the alternative is just to live a life with no confidence and watch your lack of confidence literally pull your seed of greatness out of the fertile soil of your life by the roots. That's what it will do. So you get to choose. You're going to walk around with lack of confidence and feel sorry for yourself. Or are you going to say, you know what? Tonight is the last night that I am going to operate under the umbrella of lack of confidence. And starting right now, I am going to move with more confidence because I know I have a seed of greatness inside of me. And I am going to activate that thing and move in confidence and practice being confident. And every time I feel the lack of confidence come on me, I'm going to shake that thing off and be confident. And you know what? You might mess up sometimes. And so make sure you have the grace and the the self-love to forgive and keep moving. Forgive yourself and keep moving. Because sometimes we get caught up in, well, that wasn't perfect. Well, my performance wasn't perfect. And so, you know, I'm never going to do that again. And we just got to keep trying. Keep trying. Keep pushing in the face of resistance. All right. That was number five, lack of confidence. Number six, not enough time. Who am I talking to now? Hey, this is my thing. Time is my thing. (laughs) So I know what I'm talking about when I talk about this, because this is what I contend with all the time. So with the exception of fear, not enough time is one of the most common weeds that will strangle greatness. Because you really don't have enough time, right? I mean, you really don't. Well, I suppose that means you don't watch television. You don't watch watch any TV because you don't have enough time. You don't have enough time, remember? So you don't watch any television. You never socialize with anybody because you don't have enough time. And, oh, by the way, you have no clue what the word fun means. You have no clue because you don't have enough time to deliver on your dream. You don't have enough time, remember? So if you don't have enough time to deliver on your dream, then I know for sure none of the rest of that stuff is happening. I mean, you you can't be watching television. You can't be up to speed on what's happening on your favorite shows. I mean, you can't be. You don't have enough time. You guys get where I'm going with this? This is one of the things that basically strangles your seed of greatness. And, oh, that's not you? So you have enough time? Well, consider not having enough time is just an excuse or camouflage. Not having enough time is an excuse to camouflage one of the other six weeds I'm talking about here. And so if you do have enough time, great. But then what other weeds are you contending with? I mean, that's that's the idea. And yes, you have enough time to finish listening to this. If you don't have enough time, yes, you have enough time to finish listening to this. <laughs> Make the time. Only eight more minutes. All right, so stop limiting your power and BSing yourself when it comes to time. Because that's, that's just a story you're telling yourself. I don't have enough time. Get out. Stop that story. You have enough time. You just got to choose what you want to do. 
All right. And we I've covered this in detail in other in in, in, in other shows. You know, this is why I, I choose the topics. I, I try to lay them out where he like, yup, he talked about that. I, I broke the day down. And I even said people with children, how much time you have left. But more than likely, you probably sit around and, and watch television instead of doing, you know, conquering your dream, doing what you want to do. Uh, what you really want to do, your dreams. Number seven. This is a big one, y'all. Exhaustion. Exhaustion. To go after your dreams, you must be able to take action. Action is the antidote for fear. So taking action is basically the beginning of all creation. Action creates momentum and motivation. Action is everything. Action is everything. I know some very smart people, very smart people. And they have all the knowledge in the world, but they never act on it. They never act on it. And because they don't act on it, they will never be great. Action. So why did you say, Linnell, why did you say exhaustion? You're talking about action. Well, this is why I said exhaustion. Because if you're always exhausted, you won't have the energy to take action. No energy, no action. And this is a deep-rooted weed that kills the seed of greatness almost everywhere it is. Because it is very hard for us to turn around that basically the cycle of exhaustion, right? What causes us to be exhausted. And more than likely, there's some behaviors and habits that cause you to be exhausted. So the best way I could put it is taking care of your body is an essential part of being great. Taking care of your body is an essential part of being great to ensure that you're not always exhausted. Because otherwise, exhaustion will rob you, will literally rob you of your dreams because you don't have the energy to take action. And so those are the seven weeds that strangle the seed of greatness. And I'm going to run over all seven again. Number one. Number one was the junk food diet, right? What are you mentally consuming? What you mentally consume has a whole lot to do with your ability to dig down deep inside you and deliver greatness. Number two, undistinguished fear, especially for my brothers out there, for the men. You are scared of something, and so distinguish what that is so you can defeat it. Number three, ignorance. We're in the information age. No need to be ignorant anymore. Saying, I don't know how, is no longer an option. Number four, the need for safety. (laughs) Safety is an illusion. Safety is an illusion. So the need for safety often keeps us from, you know, going out and and trying to be going after our dreams. Or what I was going to say is being unreasonable and going after our dreams. And then number five is lack of confidence. Hey, lack of confidence is a tall thing. Somebody taught you not to be confident. Whether it was a parent or, or a schoolmate or a teacher, somebody taught you that thing. So how do you turn around and teach yourself confidence? And as an adult, as adults, we have, to, we have to take responsibility for ourselves, stop feeling sorry for ourselves about what took place when we were young, and say, you know what, starting today, things are going to be different. Number, number five, lack of confidence. Number six, not enough time. And then number seven is exhaustion. Number seven 
is exhaustion. There's a quote by Mohandas Gandhi. As human beings, our greatness lies not so much in being able to remake the world. That is the myth of the atomic age. As in being able to remake ourselves. As in being able to remake ourselves. And then one of my favorite quotes by Zig Ziglar. I did him once already tonight. I like that guy. People often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. So I want to take a moment to remind all of you. Keep your fire burning. Dare to be great. Because in all of us is an untapped source of tremendous power that makes you good. But why be good when you can be great? This episode of Inspirational Perspective was recorded at the Midway Broadcasting Corporation in Chicago, Illinois, on WVON 1690 AM, The Talk of Chicago. Thank you for listening. Go to the Inspirational Perspective Facebook page and like the page. Follow Linnell Harris on social media at the handle Linnell Harris. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with that handle. Text INSPIRED to 43783 to receive free inspirational quotes and updates.